0: What's up everybody, welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast backed by 120 Power Star Rating. I'm your host Drew Agnew and the doors to episode 129 are open. Joining me this week is Bobby Pauls, the Nintendo guru. How are we going, my friend?
1: I am very well, Drew. Very well. Thank you for having me back, man. It's been a while, but uh, we're, we're here to take the
0: house of Mario back. We're gonna we're gonna make yeah. it awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I last had you on um, the major director of last year to start off the year. So yeah. it's almost been a year. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm. It's too so long. I, I it's, have it's, to it's... Get... Wait, 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 stop. It's Sorry? too long.
1: It's way too long. We can't. It, it was. Can't I, need, I need to
0: have you and, on a couple and, more things. And here's
1: the thing this is what we got to do. Next time, I got to bring you my way. All right. So I got to bring you on something that I do. And then that yeah, way we yeah. can, you know, I got, I you know, uh, me, I'm very ugly. Okay. So whenever I can oh. get a good looking chap to come on <laughs> and, and raise my ratings, I'm all about it. So there you go. <laughs>
0: Put me in all the thumbnails. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to give you a really good intro because. Um, every time you're streaming over on Twitch TV slash Nintendo Gurus, you whenever I go on the chat like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" You always go, "Oh, it's Drew. How are you going? Uh, you know, he does a Nintendo show. Uh, you Should go and check it out." And every single time, I'm like blushing, just like in front of my TV or my computer, just like, "Oh, <laughs>
1: listen, man. There's not, there's not a whole lot of people that I that I admire and I like." Um, very few. I act like I like everybody, but I, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> like I've I've collected a, a great group of friends over this time. So whenever I see somebody pop in, I'm like, I gotta give this guy the proper shout out because, you know, I consider you a friend, man. I mean, it's 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 a lot of fun to to have someone not only podcast but do it really well. You guys kill it, man. You guys really do. So I gotta give you props when I can.
0: Yeah, likewise to you and Sean. Like, absolutely love um, the podcast you do, and you've started the brand new Nintendo podcast this week. Yes, uh, Cup of Joe and Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So, I guess before we start, I felt you know what's uh, what are you all about? What are your shows about yeah. um, on Twitch and all of that? So,
1: Twitch uh, Twitch is basically streaming. I mean, that's just you know, I mean, that's just me hanging out with the community Monday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes Saturday, um, just hanging out with the people that I that I consider to be friends, just playing some games, Nintendo games, and just having a good time. So that's basically what Twitch is. Um, then I have two podcasts now. I've, I've actually cut way back. I'm only doing two podcasts now. <laughs> and that is a Nintendo Talk that I do with my good friend Patrick McNamara, Nintend Talk, um, And basically, Nintendo Talk is, you know, we, we, it's a formatted podcast. So we, we have our news, we have our topics, we, we break it all down. We do this thing called Geek Out's which is just something what you're excited about. And then we did, Sean and I, we used to do a podcast called If We Ran Nintendo. We just shut it down this past week. Um, And it was a very, I feel like a pretty successful podcast. It's been around for almost four years. But we just felt very uninspired. You know, when we started the podcast, we started it when the Wii U was basically dive-bombing into the ground and not really doing that well. And it was very easy to have topics week in, week out, and no big deal to really just talk about things. But after four years and the, the Switch is doing very well, we just felt like we needed to do something different. So we, we I had initially was going to do this show by myself. Uh, it, was a, it was going to be a YouTube show that I was going to do. And hmm. I was like, I like the name A Cup of Joe and Nintendo. And so when Sean and I were kicking around ideas, we were like, we have a Patreon exclusive podcast as well called Yumi Capri. And during that, I was like, we should try to do something very similar to Yumi Capri. Like Yumi Capri is just basically, we don't talk about any games. We just go. Uh, but we wanted to do something that was Nintendo centric. Cause Sean, you know, he has the Xbox drive, but he felt like doing a Nintendo podcast inspired him and pushed him to play more Nintendo games. So he wanted to continue down that. And I was like, okay, so i throughout, you know, A Cup of Joe and Nintendo. And basically, what the feel and the vibe is that we're trying to create is just two guys that are friends that are just hanging out in a coffee shop. And we're not. He's in Canada, I'm in New Jersey, United States, and we're total different end of the spectrum. So the idea was, let's just give that feel and that vibe. Like, we don't do, like, the whole, hey, what's up, everybody? Like, we don't do that. We don't do anything. It's just real chill we just start the conversation off as we're talking like the show starts as we're talking and um, and even at the end like when you would typically do like your you know check us out on on twitch and patreon and twitter and all that stuff and like that's all done by a pre-recorded a friend of mine uh she she recorded it all for me and so every week that's what we do so we wanted to make it feel like a television show or something totally different than what the norm is so that's where we're at with that stuff
0: yeah, and like when when you first explained like uh, that if we ran Nintendo's going away, and you're saying like it's hard coming off topics, it made me think like yeah, that would be hard every week. Yeah, especially now that you know we're out of like the real dire situation we yeah. were in you know five years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and with um with with the new show just being so chill, and that's what I really enjoy about your podcast. Just you know, you and Sean are just uh, you just really very likable people. I was actually talking about it the other night with Seamus. Seamus Mullins was over. Oh, get out of here, really? And, and, and we'll talk we we're talking about all sorts of podcasts. We we're talking about kinda funny and all the shows we we're talking about and I said, Oh well, you know, Bobby and Sean they actually started up a new podcast and he hadn't heard of it yet so um, I showed him he's like, Yeah, it's a really great idea that uh Yeah, that you're sort of going with uh, you know, what makes you guys special and that's yeah. just like your good friends. Yes. Catching up, talking about Nintendo yeah. and Having a good time, because, you know, that's what, uh, you know, we're all about, really. Like, this Nintendo community. Exactly. Just, uh, about loving Nintendo games and having a chat about them.
1: Exactly. And I think the key to it all is we don't, we, we, I mean, we have a formatted show, but the idea is to make you feel like it's not formatted, that we're just bit sitting bit down natural. talking. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a natural conversation, which we are very good at doing. Him and I can really connect and click and have a good conversation but the idea was, you know, we didn't want to do like, we, d- we do want to do news and topics and stuff, but we don't want it to be like, okay, time for the news or anything like that. Like, so that's,
0: that's the whole premise. Hmm. And when you said that, like, you know, this show is, I'm looking at different segments and different um, you know, structure for this year. And like, you know, I want, I want to have like, you know, this is the news and this is this yeah, and this is that. But like when you put that in my head, I'm like, yeah. But I don't want to be like, okay, now it's the news or whatever. I'm gonna try and work on making it seem uh, more natural. Yeah. More of a natural transition. Yeah. Um, whether we we'll get that this show, this episode, <laughs> I don't know. But I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Okay. Work okay. On okay. it. <laughs> um. So I guess uh, you're playing Luigi's Mansion 3 on stream. You're playing the uh, yeah the multiplayer. Yeah. Did you have much uh, experience playing that or was that one of the first times you're playing? Cuz so, like personally I haven't even touched the multiplayer yeah. just because whenever I jump into it it's always the single player stuff. First time I ever played Skyscraper. Um it's
1: a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> and I, the idea is is that you get four people uh basically in a mansion and you have five floors to clear and each floor has a different tactical mission. Like catch this many ghosts or collect this much money, and so I was playing tonight on stream with a bunch of people, and it is hard. Like I didn't think it was going to be that hard. The timer is very low. The timer is like three minutes, and it's basically no business. Like no no, no BS. You got to get in, and it's all business. You got to go in and try to find what you got to find. But I enjoyed it, man. I thought it was a blast. You know, I, I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, because when they announced the DLC, like, but there's more stuff coming to the, the, the multiplayer stuff and the mini games. I sort of just like brush it aside because I'm not interested in it yeah. like r- that much, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, it would be it would be something I would be um, keen to give a little bit of a go. But yeah, I still um still got a lot to uh, sort of get all the gems and everything in the in the main story. Yeah, I feel like exactly. I just want to do
1: that. I haven't even beat the main story yet. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I got pulled away pretty quickly um, from that game and started playing other stuff. So, I, I definitely got to go back because I do want to beat Luigi's Mansion. But, you know, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. I, I was a bit slow getting through it. And then uh, Pokemon came out and that dominated, you know, the two months that, out. That's,
1: yeah, that's, you're right, man. Pokemon. Yeah, because Pokemon was like, what, three weeks later or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the timing, like, I really feel like Luigi's Mansion should have came out in the beginning of October. You know, mm. it's a it's a like a Halloween type game, like a scary type, not scary, but you know what I mean. Like you're ghost yeah, hunting, yeah. so yeah. it would have been nice to have that the whole month of October and not feel like I got to get out of this because I got to go play Pokemon now. So mm.
0: yeah, it, it, make, it makes sense for it to come out on Halloween, but at the same time, it would be cooler if it came out to sort of like on the lead up to it, yeah, to actually like get in the mood for it and yeah. celebrate it that way. Exactly. So I feel like um like. Like when you're waiting for Christmas, for example, like most of the fun is the lead up to Christmas, all of the lights and everything. If everybody just put up their Christmas lights on Christmas Day, yeah, then that was it, and it's over. It's a waste, like it's just there. Yeah,
1: no, you're absolutely Mm. right. And that's what I felt the same thing should have been with Luigi's Mansion not come out on Halloween, like you know. And they did the same thing, I feel they did the same thing to arms. They dropped ARMS, a month later, here comes Platoon 2. And it's like, sometimes Nintendo are, they feel pretty dumb with their launching of games <laughs> and how they do stuff like that. Like, I'm sure, statistically, they have their reasons behind it, and they look at it statistically and go like, hey, this is a good time to put a game out. But like, logistically, it just, from a gamer standpoint, it just makes no sense to me. Because you get the game, and then like, you, you know, if you don't beat the game within two weeks, three weeks, like... You have another game that you really want to play right on top of you. And I got, you know, Pokemon, I, I enjoyed it, man. It, it really pulled me way away from Luigi's Mansion. So, we'll see.
0: Yeah, because you, you weren't typically a Pokemon player. Never played, never.
1: Well. So, okay, I played X and Y a little bit. Very, very little bit. Stopped playing it. And I was like, uh, not really a fan. Couldn't really figure out everything. Then Pokemon Go hit, and that really, man, like, I started playing with friends and, like, running around and doing raids and, and just going to different mm. stuff, and, like, it really sucked me in. And I was like, this is cool, but i like to have a story with it. So then Let's Go came out, and I bought that, and I got to, like, I think the third gym, fourth gym, and I was like, this is kind of cool, man, but I didn't like the whole catch mechanic like, I didn't like that you had to catch them like you do in, in Pokemon Go. Yep. Uh, and then, so I was like, okay, when Shield comes out, I'm going to give Shield a legitimate chance, Sword and Shield, I'm going to give it a legitimate chance and go after it. So I played Sword through the whole campaign, and uh, I loved it. I thought it was so good. You know, there was things I did, oh, there's, there, I have critiques about it, you know what I mean? Like, there's things that weren't, like, blew me away, but, like, for a first time, really going in and
0: beating it and playing i was like this is actually really good you know this is a lot of fun yeah and that's really cool to hear too like you know especially especially with uh all like the the controversy and all the stuff going around the game because it did turn out to be a really you know fun but flawed game yeah i'm really happy that uh you know someone like yourself could come into the game and um finish it and really enjoy your time with it um are you still playing it or is it just finished and put into the the pile I and finish the next thing or?
1: well because there's so much stuff to play right now um and a lot of my play time is limited to streams and that's not really true i mean you do have the raids you could mm-hmm. do and i had a blast doing the raids with the community um i mean maybe that's something i'll go back and do i haven't completed the pokedex so i have to do that um but yeah, I, you have to, yeah. I, well, you know, I mean, technically you don't have to. They did stop the whole "got to catch them all" thing, you know. Uh, but I do, I do want to go back. I want to play it because I feel like it's, it's just really cool. It, what I, so for me, and I think that people really got off the, off into a tangent with the game itself, and they were looking at certain things and, and having issues with some stupid things with it. Um, but for yeah. me, I look at it and I go like the Wildlands. Like, dude, that was so amazing. Like, to go out there and just kind of, like, free flow and go where you want. Now, look, I'm not 100% on board with how they are. You know, where, how like, this patch has this type of Pokemon. This patch has these Pokemon. It would be kind of better if it was just random and sporadic. Just, you know, I would prefer a game that's like that. Like, wide open like that, where you can just run where you want to go, and then, like, you have a map, and you can kind of... Not like when you get into the map parts where it's, like, tunnel vision, where it's, like, you got to go this way. It's very lineal. I liked it when it was open, and I could run where I wanted to go and do what I wanted to do. So, hopefully, moving forward, they start to dip into that way of playing than the way they did, you know, in this one. So, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but so far, so good
0: because like once you finish the game you're pretty much just always in the wild area that's yeah. where you spend all of your time you barely go back to these routes yeah and like from what they've shown of the DLC coming you know june and late year uh you know that's all based around like a wild area type of absolutely mechanism which
1: i love mm. i lo- that's what has me excited for the DLC cuz i'm like this is this is more of what i enjoyed with with pokemon shield or sword um, same thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for me, that's what had me excited. That's what I enjoyed. So I was like, if I'm getting more of that, then I'm on board. And, you know, so.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So you reckon you'll get the DLC? Oh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, I didn't buy it yet,
1: oh, nice. but I'm definitely going to buy it. And I feel like, here's the thing, like, I mean, I don't know if you're ready to talk about this or not, but like, um, I mean, are you ready to get into this or, or you want to are we holding for a second? Yeah, no, we can jump okay. straight into it. Okay, so my thing is this, like, with, you know, with the controversies that are going around, and people are all upset about it, as a non-Pokemon fan, I love what they're doing, because what would we typically get right now? I, I, I mean, I'm not a Pokemon fan, but I pay attention enough to know, right? Hmm. So, we got Sun and Moon, right? Okay, cool, whatever. And then we got Ultra Sun and Moon after that, and which is basically like a carbon copy of the game with a couple extra things to do, and you get maybe another 10 hours out of it, or 20 hours extra additional gameplay. And it's like, okay, you get all the Pokemon. Big deal. You know, what I like about this is they only gave us 400 Pokemon out the gate, a more catchable, um, feasible chunk to take down, right? Then we get the second grouping, And we get another package in June, and it's like we'll be able to then actually play more and spend more time and explore and go through a whole, almost like you're doing the game over again to some degree. They have some storyline content and stuff in there, plus more Wildlands, and you get to run around and do all that stuff. And then you go in what, fall, you get another chunk. And the pricing is a little out of line for me. I think the pricing was a little whack cuz what is it 30 per? Yeah. It's it's th- no, it's just 30 American and you get both. Okay. But if you buy both, yeah. if you want both sides cuz they did do that. They made them exclusive. They put Pokémon. There's, there's, in-
0: there's one for sh- Sword and there's one for Shield. Yes.
1: And there's exclusive yeah. Pokémon in each and I think exclusive gear as well in each. Um So I mean it, I mean that's neither here nor there. But I mean even if 60 bucks isn't that bad for two packs, you know, two expansions and all that. I'll probably just stick with the sword one because that's the one mm-hmm. I played because I didn't really play shield. I was going to, um, but the only reason I was going to was I was actually going to start shield on my switch light so that way I could get another starter and then trade them. Yeah, yeah. And then get another starter and then trade him. But I was like, I don't feel like playing all that stupid dialogue and listening to <laughs> this idiot that's supposed to be my, my rival. That's that's I wanted to slap him midway through the game. I just oh, I really could, I couldn't stand that. I game.
0: quite liked Hop. I think it uh, turned yeah, out it turned I out to be quite a sweet character. I couldn't stand him. I just wanted to punch <laughs> him in the throat every time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but I I was I was actually um really 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 excited about the dlc i've been wanting dlc for the pokemon series for for years yeah. um like you said about ultra sun ultra moon they announced that like just after sun and moon come out and released it not even a year later yeah and those games you know they were a remix a couple of new pokemon in there and a little bit of stuff post-game that was different yeah but like there was it was like it was a real eye-opener for me being like all right this is a little bit too much. Like, at least back in the day, like, Pokemon Emerald coming out after Ruby and Sapphire. Um, that came in a couple of years after and it added a decent amount. And, like, I was a kid back then, so obviously I was looking at it differently. Yeah. But, yeah, just with those games, it's like, all right, I, I don't really... Uh, you're making it hard for me to spend my money and Pokemon's the type of series where I'm just, like, just throwing my wallet at the TV screen yeah. <laughs> type of thing. I mean... um.
1: Let let's Okay, so here's the thing. If you look at this realistically, right, you can get these two expansions and then Home comes out next February, correct?
0: Yeah, it comes out in a month's time or so.
1: So I think, in theory, Home comes out and then you can, I thought, oh, so Home comes out this year in February. Yeah,
0: yeah, this year, yeah. So will you be, but we really don't know what Home is completely, right? not really. We know that we know it's going to be paid because at the bottom it said it's going to be a paid app. Um and it's we know it's going to be able to you're going to be able to put your pokemon in there like pokemon bank was like on the 3DS. Um but any other features apart from that we don't know.
1: So um, whether we're able to take them out and put them into this game we're not sure about because they haven't necessarily said that yet, right? Mm. They just said you couldn't import them from the bank, right?
0: Yeah, you can import them into the bank, into um, Pokemon Home. Then from, from Pokemon Home, they'll be able to go in and out of Pokemon Shield. So, I mean, in theory... If if they're supported. Yeah, that's know. what people wanted anyway. So, they took
1: the long way to get there. But, I, I mean, I can't be... For me, I don't see the problem with that. But again, I don't have bank. I don't have years and years and years of collecting. So mm. I get it to some degree. I don't get it to another degree. So hopefully it gets fixed.
0: Yeah, like um, they're adding two hundred Pokemon, fifty of which are going to be like the legendary Pokemon that they're adding. Okay. So, um, by the time, by the time like actual evolution lines of like you know each Pokemon's got three evolution lines, there's probably not going to be that many Pokemon that are being added like realistically, mm-hmm. because like if a Pokemon has three evolutions and there's 150. That might be like, you know, say 50 or 60 actual Pokemon you're going to use in battle, yeah. for example. But um, to be honest, like now I'm just like, I've accepted it. You know, Pokemon are being restricted in the games. That's how it is. I'm not angry about it anymore. And, you know, with this podcast, we have gone on record. We've got an episode from last year about June, like actual titled Bring Back National Decks. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and that that was before it had a real negative con- connotation. We were yeah. just talking about we're talking about like the the history in the Pokemon series. How you know like Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, they just added nothing. Yeah. We're seeing shortcuts being taken on on these games. the The development time isn't long enough, from what we can tell. And now that this big cut was happening, um, it was just like a, it was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have just uh, have taken it and just ran way too far with it. Yeah. See, here's and, the thing. Here's the yeah. problem
1: I have. Because I wonder, who's really crying? Who's really upset? Is it real true Pokemon fans? Or is it just people that just want to scream into the ether and just scream white noise? Because I the, the game be. sold mm. like gangbusters, man. Yeah. The game sold like crazy. It broke records of, like, launch day Pokemon sales. So, like, how does that even happen? If it's, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand it. So, I think that what they're setting up to do is really pretty good. Because here's the thing. We get we hit the fall. We get that expansion pack. Who's to say next year that we don't get two more packs for two more areas? While, on the back side, they are building... The next game, you know, like, so yeah. I think that the next game, because I don't care what anybody says, this game was not built for the Switch. This game was not built from the ground up for the Switch. This game was being built for the 3DS, and then they pivoted when NX got announced and when Switch got announced. So mm-hmm. I don't think that – I don't believe it for in by any stretch of the imagination – that this game was built for the ground up for the Switch. So my heart says the next version will probably be the version that people are really excited
0: for, the one that they were hoping that we would get on this one. So we'll mm. see. Yeah. I, I do think it was built for Switch, but it was using, like, 3DS, like the 3DS from Sun and Moon assets and... The engine. Um, yeah. Engine, yeah. yeah. Because um, you, you, you can see, like, you know, just the characters and everything are very similar yeah. you got a little bit you got a bit of a HD polish on these games yeah. but um, like with Sun and Moon if, if that's running in an emulator on PC running at you know uh, 1080 it looks really nice it looks like similar to Sword and Shield okay Okay. yeah because there's like, there's like um, texture packs and everything you can put on them and just like if you like take away the shadows and that like it just like looks real crisp and nice similar to what Sword and Shield's doing Um Yeah, I'm. I'm. uh, I'm really happy with the games. They're not perfect, but I'm ecstatic that there's DLC that I can continue continue playing because I've put 150 hours into these games. I put 50 hours into the game on the first weekend, and uh, like now it's getting to the point where I was like, "All right, I would like a bit of a, at least a scenery change, something a bit different to look at, if anything." Yeah. So going to like. I guess a, a a beach setting and a a snow setting, which is really cool. Actually, the snow setting because that's like basically like going up to Scotland from yeah. the UK. Yeah. So that, that I really like that. I like the sort of just the world building and the new characters and everything. And looking forward to getting into it.
1: It's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And uh, in that um, direct, they also talked about a uh, mystery dungeon, a remake of the the very first one. Did you ever play the mystery dungeon series? Never, never. I
1: again, Pokemon was not my thing. You know, Mm -hmm. it basically, for me, it hit, I was at the age where it was like, if I was probably two years younger, I would have, it would have sucked me in. But I was Mm -hmm. just at that age where I was just like, man, this is too kiddie for me. I got to go the other way. You know, they had the cartoon on TV and all that stuff. And I was just like, yeah, no, 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 no. And all the people I watched playing it were like real little kids. And I was like, I can't, I got to stay away from this. So, you know, so I... I distanced myself from it. So every game that came out that was Pokémon really, and I just thought this is dumb, this is for kids. I'm gonna mess with it. And um and let's be honest, all video games are for kids. So it is what it is. But mm, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, like I see people getting excited about this, but I have no nostalgia for it at all. So I will get the demo. I will try it. Uh we'll see what happens. I might fall in love with it. Who knows?
0: mm it's it's like pretty standard standard gameplay you go through uh, dungeons which are randomly generated and you've got to find the ladder and like battle pokemon as you go through it it's a for me it's a really good like put something on the t v and just like go through a dungeon type mm-hmm. of game um and the and like the story and that's like you know it's uh it's very kiddie, but it's actually quite sweet as well so yeah. you might get a kick out of it, the, it out. the only thing is it's a full price game i'm like I don't know if I want to spend, but I will, but I don't really want to spend that much money on it because it's $80 Australian. I assume it's 60, US. 60 for me.
1: Yeah. I, I yeah. don't understand this philosophy that Nintendo's doing right now, where they're charging full price, full $60 retail in the United States for, for games like this and Link's Awakening. When like, even when it launched originally, it wasn't a $60 game. You know, it was a thirty forty dollar game, so it's yeah. like, why are you charging sixty for something just because you, just because you can get away with it? It's it's, I don't know. I'm not a fan of the mm. tactics.
0: Yeah, like I think like for like uh, Link's Awakening, Kirby, uh, this uh Mystery Dungeon remake, like forty dollars US would be like the perfect point for it because I agree. yeah, because. They, you know, they are. I don't want to say lesser games, but you know, just they're not up there with the triple A Nintendo games, like yeah. you know, even like Mario Kart or uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Like you know, they're not up there with them. And I guess you could make the point. Well, Breath of the Wild should be more, should be a hundred dollars or something like that, if that's the way you want to go. But yeah, I just like when I look at these games, like with Kirby, like I I would have I would have been keen just to jump into it but for you know 80 australian i might you know no way
1: and that game the sad thing about that game because i did buy that because you know
0: you did all right i did you hate kirby don't
1: you uh, i'll be the last one i buy anyway (laughs) i that game basically plays itself man it's like this is baby mode to the core man like it doesn't it doesn't even feel like you don't die you can't it's like uh i don't know we waste too much time on kirby games Nintendo needs to put mm. more development time in other games and back off the Kirby
0: <laughs> yeah because um, I, I know like a friend of mine he said that he really enjoyed it because he got it and played through with it with his girlfriend mm-hmm. and they had a really good time Um, so I could see if you're playing through with through it with like you know three or two people it would be probably a lot of fun but just playing with it just with by yourself and you got like these CPUs just following you it's like oh.
1: yeah hmm
0: a bit much all right so um tokyo mirage sessions came out uh actually today of as of recording uh i have not played the game mm-hmm. but i just want to go through sort of um some of its uh, scores on metacritic so it's sitting in 80 at the moment and uh i guess i'll just read the summary of the game for people that are like you know what is this mm-hmm. and this was a game from the wii u it was a, a port and this is an enhanced version, it's got an uh, extra song and uh, stuff like that. Um and it's uh basically fire emblem cross with uh Temig- oh what's the what's the pronunciation? Temagand
1: uh, Temig- said Temi- yeah, temi- yeah.
0: Jesus, I'm tripping over my tongue. Temugani Sensei, which is like a RPG, uh, JRPG. Yes. And the summary for the game is the worlds, of, uh, <laughs> the worlds of the Fire Emblem series and the Atlas games have crossed paths again and as a result is coming to Nintendo Switch system. Uh, an, interdin- <laughs> an interdimensional evil has invaded modern day Tokyo resulting in this fantastical barrage of music style. And yes danger so fight back fight through dungeons to pump up your strategy and creativity uh and decimate your foreseeable uh foes and uh yeah no i'm not yeah you get the idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> i clicked i clicked on i clicked on more and it's just like this like two paragraph thing i'm like right, i don't have to read all that it's a jrpg it's based on music it's got <coughs> final stuff in it
1: if you like if here's the thing if you are a fan of persona and you want a Persona game on the Switch. This is very close to a Persona game. This is as close to a Persona game as we're probably going to get on the Switch. Um, because they they do a thing where in Persona you have Personas, right? That you do. This has um, the Mirage and there's something else that it is. But essentially what it is, is you. if you played other <clears throat> JRPGs, there's always this magical power where you can summon these beasts to like fight for you in this, what you're doing is you're summoning back fire emblem characters from the past. And it's really cool how they integrated the two. It's quirky. It's weird in that term, you know, in that sense of the word, um, or that sense of the, of the gameplay. Cause you're just like, man, why is this like, why would you pull back fire Emblem characters? But it's done in such a way that it's really, really good. Um, other than like, I think in in the Persona games, I think they're like, um, they're like students or they're actors or they're trying to be actors or going to school. This year are basically trying to become a musician. So you're, or there's the lead character. One of the girls are trying to be a musician, and you're trying to help them and do all this stuff. So it's it's really well done, man. It's really cool. Um, I don't know, other than the extra song, what the point of this whole. You know, thing is, I, I know that they cut some stuff back. Which there was some controversy when this game came out originally on the Wii U, because there was um, there was the women were kind of more endowed yeah. in the Japanese version, <laughs> and then in the in the every rest of the world it was kind of they were cut back. And for some reason, people lost their minds about that and got upset about it. In this version, it's the cutback version. Everybody gets to cutback version across the board so and i know people are upset about that already because they thought well we could get
0: yeah, the, the the japanese got really upset yeah that they were getting the censored version
1: yeah and it's and i think the even americans were getting upset because they thought they could import the japanese version now and actually play okay. it <laughs> and it's like god guys just stop it's they're kids they're teenagers man it's like it's a little creepy it's a little creepy so just mm. you know but whatever, it's each their own. But it's, a, it's a really good game, man.
0: It's a really good game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to play it. Like, I really enjoy like this, like the J-pop side of things. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy like the just, like the rhythm games, like the Hatsune Miku series and stuff like that. Just like listening to like the catchy music and all that. Yeah. So, um, that's what sort of. Gets my attention for this over, say, other RPGs. I need to play. Like, I've got like Dragon Quest Eleven and all this stuff just sitting in the background. Yeah. And then there's this other one where I'm like, yeah, maybe um, might play this because there's um, some there's some fun music in there. Yeah, it is. There
1: definitely is. I'm, I'm sitting here now. I'm looking at my download time. I got. I, I've been downloading it for a while now. I got another actually only 27 minutes left, and the game will be downloaded. But for me, it's Thursday. So I will be able to play it till tomorrow or till midnight. So, all we'll oh, right, be, yeah, I, like yeah. I have like another three hours before I can play it. Whatever, it's fine. I'll, I'll play it tomorrow.
0: Mm. It, it's actually really funny. Like when I was watching um, all the content leading up to Pokemon, everyone was making Australian accounts because we're the first yeah. place in the world. Maybe yeah. New Zealand. I'm not sure yeah. exactly what their time zone is either. But we're like one of the first places like to get stuff now that it's all digital. Because it never used to be like that. I remember when I was a kid, there used to be like a three-month gap between US and, like, Australia. Like, with the Game Boy Advance games, it's like Pokemon Fire and Leaf Green. They yeah. were three months after the US. I did... Yeah, uh, so the-
1: I, actually, I actually created a uh, Australian iTunes account so I could get Animal Crossing when that launched.
0: Not nice. <laughs>
1: but then I, I got scared because they started, like zapping accounts that did that and I was like so okay, I, real quick right. I got rid of my account real fast because like, they ain't getting me man I'm out like it's fine I don't need to play this so it was, it's it's funny it's, you're right you're absolutely right
0: can you download it and just like log off then like go on to your normal um, no app it, wouldn't, it wouldn't
1: it wouldn't carry over like you couldn't right. play okay. it you could uh, but it just it was locking you out because it wasn't for some reason it was weird so who knows?
0: Yeah, <laughs> like Pocket Camp. I actually got into that for a little bit, but I sort of just dropped off of it because I just got bored. Wasn't that good? It wasn't that good. It, yeah. it, it, I really, it, I really enjoy just like leveling up, just like talking to everyone, yeah. doing the thing all the time, getting XP, just rinse and repeat.
1: Yeah, it was real. I mean, it's a mobile game. It's a typical mobile game. Yeah. It wasn't enough to get you really excited, but whatever.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just play. I mainly just play Pokemon Go, that's my mobile game. I sort of really gotten back into that it's um lately because like I live in a small rural town, and when that game was like like early in its life, there was like not much to do in it, but now people have reached level forty, they can start like submitting poker stops and gyms, yeah, so there's actually like a little bit more stuff to do, so they can actually play it properly now,
1: yeah, that's the thing when they first started, it was very. Wide open for gyms and stuff, and then people started submitting gyms, and it's they're all over the place now, so it's fun. Hmm. Do, you, do you play it all anymore, or are you sort of occasionally? Right of me and my buddy, we go to we go to dinner sometimes. We go to a Ruby Two or a, a Chili's. A Chili's is here, and oh, nice. the Chili's is actually a, 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 a gym. So we'll sit there while we're in dinner, <laughs> battling and fight because we're both we're both yellow. So. We're just fighting. Oh, and, and represent! I'm yellow as well. There you go, man. See, and uh, <laughs> and we, you know, we we basically just will sit there for our dinner, defending the gym and fighting people off and stuff. It's fun. It's a blast.
0: Mm. Yeah, like um, I just really I really enjoy like the community days where like the shiny rates are up. I went out the other day and just like took my dog for a walk, and I was meant to. I was like said to myself, I'll go out for an hour. I ended up being out there for like three hours just like walking around. And uh, I I met some people that I've never met before in my own local town. Um, got added to a, a Facebook group oh, they're chat. they're the best, man. Just like. They're the best. Because like, you
1: can, you can so like, cool. I, I was in one too, and I'd be driving home from work and just look real quick, and they're like, oh, there's a five-star raid right around the corner. And I'd be like, I'm on my way. And they'd wait for you. You get there, and there's a whole bunch of people. Boom, that's how I got Mewtwo. I got Mewtwo. The last day that he was available. And I was like, this is crazy, man. This is crazy. So it's, it's fun.
0: Mm. Yeah, because it's, it's it's cool just to have like that little icebreaker because you're not going to go up to someone in the street and be like, hey, how you going? Like, yeah. They just, they just look at you and go, what the frig wrong with you? Exactly. <laughs> go away. <laughs> exactly. You're absolutely right. So um, it was uh, early this morning for me. I think it was early this morning for you as well. Yeah, uh, nine o'clock uh, in the morning for me. Sakurai announced the new Smash character mm-hmm. coming to Smash Ultimate, mm-hmm. and that character is Byleth from Fire Emblem. And I, I gotta say, starting up the stream, watching it, he's talking about how it's it's dead secret; not even Nintendo employees know about it. And like, it's running through my head, like, oh, you know, there's he's had this deal going with this third party. He's <laughs> yeah. got this crazy character, and like when the trailer starts, you're going to know exactly who it is. The trailer starts and it's Byleth. like, and I'm like, it can't, after him saying that, it can't be a Fire Emblem character. Like that, that that's a meme at this point, but you know, just chucking all the Fire Emblem characters, need more sword boys, need, I need thought, more sword girls.
1: The funny thing is when it started playing, right? I'm watching and I see the animated stuff and I'm thinking, wait a minute, did they, is this going to be from Tokyo Barrage? Like are they bringing a character <laughs> from there? And it was like, then all of a sudden it switched I was like oh god I, the thing is is this I'm I'm very indifferent to it I'm not That's shocked true. you know what I mean like I'm I'm just at this point like every single time a fire emblem character gets announced like every single time a fire emblem game comes out we get a character that that shows up yeah. in smash so I really wasn't too shocked that this character showed up uh, but I really think that a lot of people, myself included, thought it was going to be like a big home run to, to shut it down, you know? I think it's not so much... For me, it doesn't bother me as much because it's not the final character now. We are getting yeah, six yeah. more through the year. But I, I can see why some people are a little frustrated. But I, I tweeted about it earlier today, and I was just like, guys, just stop. Like, the attacks... The, the the calling Sakurai names, and just all the stupid stuff that was going on earlier today, and I just feel like, this guy, man, damn near kills himself for you people. Like, he tries Absolutely. to do everything he can for the community, and tries to make them happy, and I don't feel like this was a Sakurai pick, obviously, I think this was a Nintendo saying like, hey, we want to put this character in there to promote the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Who knows? But at the end of the day, you know, the guy, like, really busts his butt to to balance the game, balance the characters, keep everything up to snuff. Like, dude, you're over 100 characters now. How in the world does this guy even find the time to, like, just create new characters and then
0: balance them the way he does? It's crazy. Yeah, like I feel like with Fire Emblem Three Houses, it's one of the most important games on the Switch, especially for last year. So I remember talking about it with Bryce. Like, we we do need a Three Houses character in Smash just to represent that game because yeah. it's, it's one of the most important games in in, in the series and on the Switch. So yeah. it makes sense, that it's there. I just feel, yeah, I think people are just disappointed by the lead-up. Like, they're all third-party characters. We got Banjo-Kazooie. We got... We got like it started off with Joker being like, "What?" Like just like scratching their heads, like, "Is this what potential DLC can be in the future?" Yeah, and just uh, and I guess just naturally everyone sort of assumes like, "All right, the last one, the biggest, the last. Let's go. Let's see what it is." Um, but yeah, but once he got into it, he's showing off the character, showing off like the different weapons. He's got all the weapons from. All of the distant, different house leaders, and the character looks like a lot of fun, and it looks—he looks a lot different to uh, other characters in the Fire Emblem series. He doesn't have a counter, and he's got like a—you know—he's down B. He's got like a real heavy weapon. Yeah. Um, he's got his sword, normal sword, which is like his his whip. Like he's he's got a really unique move set that will be a lot of fun to use. But I just yeah, just from like the, the fandom side of things, I can see why people are upset, but like you said though I don't see why you would feel inclined to harass him <laughs> I don't yeah like obviously that's that, that's what any sane per- person would say yeah. I, I would hope yeah but if, if you're that passionate about the game if you're that passionate a Nintendo fan like I don't really get it like I, I love I, I won't say I love Fire Emblem I really like Fire Emblem yeah um, so I'm, I'm quite happy to say, say yeah. the character in there, but yeah, I
1: wasn't a huge three houses fan. Um, I loved the game before it awakening. I enjoyed, um, mm. you know, but I just, I don't know. I, I felt like this one was a little different. This one was a lot like a persona type game. Um, so it took me a little bit out of the mix. It's not what I went in expecting. Um, a lot of chattiness and I was just like, man, I just want to yeah. go, I just want to go play the game. I want to go fight. I want to go battle. And I just felt like it was lacking in a lot of that. So I got to go back and play it. Cause I only put a, I put a few hours in and I just, I couldn't get past all the, the dialogue and all the running around and go talk to this person and go talk to that person. I was just like, dude, can I just <laughs> go
0: fight some people, man? Come on, let me go do this. So we'll it's see. Funny because I, I feel like the complete opposite because I I really like the aesthetic and everything in Fire Emblem mm-hmm. but I just as much as I want to get into like the the grid-based strategy I'm just it it just doesn't do it for me mm-hmm. as much as I want it to like I've bought like multiple Fire Emblem games and I haven't gotten through any of them just because like it it just doesn't scratch my itch like like a turn-based strategy like Pokemon or yeah. Fire Emblem not Fire Emblem um Dragon Quest or something like that mm-hmm. that really scratches my itch yeah, <laughs> yeah. as it were um, but yeah, I love running around talking to people, getting the the characters, doing little side quests, doing like the fishing, like all of that stuff. Absolutely yeah. love it. The character building, um, and sort of when it comes to a battle, I sort of just want it to just, I just want to like <laughs> press A, like get through it then go back. So it, it it is funny that like we're like complete opposites when it comes to That's that. That's crazy, right? Yeah. I guess they I
1: guess they do what they were doing. They sold a lot of copies of it, so it is what it is. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's one of the, the best-selling Switch games, which is really good to see for the series. Yeah. Um, and they also brought in some new Mii Fighter costumes. Yes. So there's one for there's one for Cuphead, mm-hmm. uh, The Rabbids, uh, uh, Altar, uh, and various Mega Man games in there. Um, really excited about the Cuphead one. That looks really, really cool. It actually looks like a character rather than just a costume. Yes.
1: It, it feels like... They're, I... Man, though, I would I would have loved Cuphead in this game. Like, I really feel like that's such a missed mm. opportunity uh, for Nintendo. I feel like Nintendo really dropped the ball with all indie developers. Like, I feel like Shovel Knight should be in the game, not an Assist Trophy. Like, Shovel yeah. Knight should have had a character. And uh, Rusty from SteamWorld Dig, he should be in there. Or Dorothy from SteamWorld Dig, too. Um I feel like Cuphead should be in there. And I feel like they could really take advantage of the indie scene. But not only that, it would help elevate these indie teams, you know, and it would take them to another level. I mean you think about it, right? You have developers like Yacht Club, like Image of Form, um and you and you put those characters in a game like Smash. And it helps take that game and elevate it and sell more copies. That company is going to be with you through and through to the end of time, because they're going yeah, to be absolutely. like, "Hey, you yeah. know what? Nintendo really hooked us up with this, so we're going to stay with we're going to stay Nintendo loyal for that, till the end of time." And I feel like you would have shored up some some deals with some companies that would have been like, "We're we're strictly Nintendo," and I know Yacht Club. You know, they're not Yacht Club, Image for they're not strictly Nintendo, but they're typically Nintendo first. So, but this would have been a nice way to get some exclusive stuff that just stayed with Nintendo over time. Um, But whatever, it is what it is. I I just would have preferred to see if they could have found a way to put some of those characters in. Um, Especially with now, because it's like, who else is there? You know, you're starting to hit that point where it's just like, I'm not sure we have many more characters left that you can actually... I mean, there's six. We know
0: there's six more coming, but I don't know who the heck they could do. Yeah. I guess, like, with third parties, you've got, like, Rayman. Yeah. You've got Activision for Crash Bandicoot and yeah. Spyro. Uh, like, I dare say there's a fair few out there. But, you know, we've got Banjo-Kazooie. That's the, the one with a lot of um Nintendo clout that everybody wanted. Yes. Um. You know, you got Cloud, which was a huge one representing Final Fantasy, that which That was, was home on Nintendo. Nobody saw that coming. Mm. That was just a so, shocker. Yeah. Like personally, I don't have any characters where I'm like, I need this in Smash. Like I am busting my balls, waiting for this to come into yeah. Smash. Um it's sort of like it's kinda of like with um what was what was the last fighter? I forgot what it Terry what was. Terry Bogart? Yeah, Terry. Mm-hmm. Um when he, when he showed him off, I'm like, I I I don't have any feelings towards Terry. Yeah. But sort of in the video showing like all these mechanics and that, I'm like, oh well, he looks like a real fun character to play. Yeah. So whatever Sakurai or Nintendo decide to put in the game, I'm I'm just open to whatever it is. Just to make it fun to <laughs> make it fun to play. Don't yeah. don't make it boring. Which uh, I've got no no worries about at all.
1: Exactly. I'm with you there.
0: Hmm. Do you? Like do you consider yourself a big Smash fan or not at all. I um, mean I not about- for me
1: I trophy hunted.
0: So when they pulled Shit, yeah. <laughs> when they
1: pulled trophy hunting out of this game, it really broke my heart. Um, because to me that was something I loved to do was to go collect these little statues. I mean, I think it's part of the reason why I go as crazy as I do for amiibo and try to track down all the amiibo that that I can. Um hmm. But it's something I've always done. So when I played and they didn't put it in this game, I played for a while and then I just kind of lost interest because that was the thing that drove me to continue to keep going back and back and back and keep playing. And especially on the Wii U with the trophy cases they would have, and I would That's like, right, yeah. and I would look through and go like, "Oh, I got to get this Metroid one to fill this case." Let me go try to find it, and I would go play and find it, or go buy it and whatever it was, and. It just I I lost that with this because I'm not a good Smash player. I didn't start playing Smash until the Wii Brawl, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people hated that version. Uh, and then I did play it on the 3DS, which I liked. I played it on the Wii U, which I liked again trophy hunting the whole time. So when it came to Smash on the on the Switch, I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. I'll try it. I enjoyed it. I just suck, so I get smoked the whole time, you know. <laughs> so it's just like this is not fun for
0: me. Yeah, so that direct when Sakurai sort of said, oh, yeah, there's no trophies in this, you know, we don't have enough resources to put into all the characters and all of this, you would have been pretty heartbroken, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I was too. I sort of went, oh. And I don't really... I feel like if they just didn't do any new trophies and just put what was in the Wii U version into this, I would have been happy enough with that. Yeah. Like, if they didn't make any new trophies, they just like, hey... Uh, we, we're just putting from the Wii U version into this version, and you know there's no new trophies. And maybe if they just like do them through updates after or whatever it is, I would have been would have been pretty happy with that. But yeah, because like with with the spirits, there's no like information on the games when the first game was. You know, he's the context of that character in that series. Like, there's none of that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because like I, I really love Smash. I love just the gameplay of it. It's one of those. I reckon it would be probably my desert island game if I was going to <laughs> um, go somewhere. I'll just keep playing, playing, playing it. Yeah, they uh, they brought out a, a demo on the 3ds like maybe a month or two before that version came out. Yeah, and I put I think I put like eighty hours into the demo.
1: Oh my god.
0: I just played it, played it, played it, played it, played it, played it. It was like two minute matches. Like that's you didn't have a choice. You had choice of four characters, which was Link, Mario, Villager, or Mega Man. And I just played the crap out of it. It was just really good on the 3DS. Stop. It was really yeah, it good was. on the 3DS. Yeah, I yeah, like, like that the, a lot. the The controls were like you know not i not necessarily ideal, but they did the job fine enough. Yeah, yeah,
1: I agree. It was it was the D pad you know, or not the D-pad the D- you could use, whatever. The the circle pad was okay. Um, but I I had I had a blast playing on the, you know. It was really good when you had the nub stick on the new 3DS. So that would be yeah. you know, like your, your smash stick, and it was good. I liked it.
0: Yeah, that was really useful. Yeah, so I guess if you want, you'll probably have more fun just playing the 3DS version than just playing that, getting trophies, doing the smash run.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: The Wii U, I,
1: you know, I enjoyed the Wii U, but I'm not hooking that yeah, thing Wii back Wii up. TV, yeah. yeah, I'm not hooking that thing back up. So it's it's done.
0: Yeah. Mine mine is actually still plugged in. It's next to my like, PS4 and Xbox One. Just I'm still sitting there.
1: I'm half tempted to plug it back in, but there's really not much to play on there anymore. You know, like...
0: Yeah. We,
1: with Tokyo Mirage coming over, we only have a few games left that could potentially be ported, and I think there's a good chance they're going to get ported, so... Yeah, we'll I think...
0: I think, like, the only game I would play on it, which I wouldn't play on Switch now, would be uh, the Wind Wind Waker HD and Mario 3D World. I think that's pretty much what's left, at least out of my collection. Oh, there's Pikmin 3. Yes. Um, There's there's, there's a handful on there, but, like, the the bigger ones... I mean, the only ones that are left
1: for me that I would want to play are Pikmin 3, 3D World, and the two Zelda games, you know... Mm. uh,
0: yeah, Twilight Princess as well. Twilight Princess
1: and mm. uh, oh my god, Wind Waker. Wind Waker. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. the only. They're the only four that really I go. I gotta have. You know, but it that's not enough for me to really get excited about.
0: Yeah. Yes, poor Wii U. Um, <laughs> it's funny in hindsight thinking about it because like oh you like oh you've got these good games on there but man it was rough. It was yeah. so rough. Like as you would know, you did a podcast about trying to tell him what to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had some rough times, man. Uh, All right, let's uh, let's move into sort of the topic of the show. And for the show, I want to talk more about your sort of like your content creation and like you know how you got into it and sort of how you look at it, Mm -hmm. how it fits into your everyday life, and how you sort of uh, yeah, how how, how you sort of do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) I mean, for me, I mean, how I got into it. So. I was kind my at the time I was married when I got into it. And my wife was on YouTube and she was doing like um home stuff. Like she was doing like hauls and like she'd go to Target and buy stuff and do a video haul on it and then she'd do like all this like crafting stuff and she'd do videos on it. And she kept saying to me, like, you should really do YouTube and I was like, I don't even know what I would oh. do. And she's like, no, you, like, I think you'd be really good at it. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do it on. I have no idea. So then I used to collect statues, Batman statues. And I started to say to her, like, I started watching people on YouTube, and I was like, they do these unboxing things. Like, I could do that stuff. That's simple, right? And so I started trying. And. Did a video, and I was like, oh, man, it's just bad. This isn't for me. I can't do this. And then, like, she kept pushing, kept bringing it up. And then finally, I was like, I would really want a podcast. That's what I want to do. But I had no clue how to start a podcast. So I was like, well, a mini podcast is basically me talking to the camera about games and such. So that's what I started doing. You know, I was watching... Um, I was big into IGN. You know what I mean? I was watching Colin Moriarty and, and Greg Miller and Brian oh, Altano same. and, and yep. Perry Schneider and Jose OJ, Otero OJ and, and all those guys. And they were inspiring me. And I started doing that stuff, like doing sitting there talking to the camera about new stuff that was coming out. Um, and then it just steamrolled from there. Then I hooked up with these guys that actually started to teach me how to podcast. And I was like, okay, I can make this a thing. I could do this. So it's, it's been tough, you know, the transition, I've kind of been leaving YouTube behind just because I feel like YouTube is not what it was. Um, Mm. It's, they're, they're constantly chipping away and making it worse little by little. And it's not anything what it used to be. I used to enjoy going on. Nothing infuriates me more now than like you spend the time, you put a video out, And then like somebody copyright claims it for a stupid sound you have in the video for 10 seconds, you know, and it's like, come on, man. Are we really fighting over little stupid things like this? And then then they, you know, because they break laws and they break rules, then they want to do this whole COPPA thing that's happening now. And it's just like it's a it's a nonstop continuation of just running into brick walls. It's not what it was. It's changed dramatically over time and it's just gotten worse in my opinion. Um so with that I look at it and I go like what's fun for me? Because that's what I think you have to look at, you know, with content creation. What do you enjoy doing? And if you're if you're not enjoying it, when it gets tough to do, you're gonna quit. And yeah. to me, that's the key. Like, what do I enjoy to do? I've always enjoyed doing podcasts. Like, to me, it's fun to because I feel like it's the closest thing to just sitting around with your friends and talking about whatever, about whatever the topic is or what you're in, into. So for me, that's always an exciting thing to do. So, but also for me, after doing it for so long, like I basically changed up a lot of what I've been doing just because I'm like, I need to be inspired again, and I'm not inspired, or I wasn't inspired, and that was the whole reason why we left, if we were in Nintendo, and we started a Cup of Joe on Nintendo, and why I brought Pat onto Nintendo Talk, and refired that back up, and started to do stuff with that, and, but I changed the whole dynamics of way we're doing stuff, like we're doing breakout content, like we're taking topics, and just putting that up, you know, on YouTube, and you know, Pat's putting some content strictly on his, like he's taking a topic, one or two topics, and he puts on his channel. And I take mm. stuff for a cup of Joe and then I then put it on my channel and, you know, kind of trying to treat it as a little bit different animal. Um, but at the same time, like I feel like so that's where I feel like you have to be inspired as well. So it, it's OK in my eyes that. After time to take a step back and go, what's working? What's not working? What excites me? What gets me going? Um, this works. This doesn't. I'm backing off of this. I'm going to start doing more of this. And that's what's got me into streaming. I I look at it like this: like the one thing that I got into all this for was because I love video games, and I started to find out that I was doing so much content and not playing games. Like I was literally doing a video on YouTube. Five days a week. Then I was doing three to four podcasts a week. All right? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't playing any games. I'm like, how how am I running around calling myself the Nintendo guru when I haven't played a Nintendo game in weeks? Because I don't have the time. So I was like, well, that's got to get changed. So I said, you know what? We're going to pull off the YouTube videos and we're going to push Twitch. And to me, I love Twitch because I get to play Nintendo games every single night for two hours a night, and I get to play with friends. Win-win, all day long. So, and then if I can take some stuff away from that and and build off of it, meaning my podcast, and build off of what we're doing during the week on Twitch, it's a win. So I think that's the thing. You need to look at what you're into. And the other thing, too, is, um, well, let me, let me, Finish this thought first. So you got to look at what you're doing, figure out what you like, figure out what you enjoy, what works, what doesn't, schedule-wise, and make it happen. The other thing is, a couple other things, you need to focus on it in terms of, like, it's a job. It's a second job. This, what I do, comes before everything. You know what I mean? Like, if my mom says, like, hey, we want to do this on this day, I'll reschedule or schedule around my streaming. Like, they, my family knows Monday to Thursday, you don't ask me to do anything because I'm streaming. They know Sunday mornings, you don't ask me to do anything because I'm podcasting. But any other time, like, let's go. Let's go do stuff. Let's, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that's it. This is a second job to me. If I worked at Best Buy, second job, I can't just be like, no, Mom, sorry, I'm coming over, you know, I'm coming over. Now you're going to say, hey, I can't. I got to go to work, you know. So it's a very similar process to me. The final thing that I would say with it all is it's it's a marathon. It's not a race. You don't have to kill yourself to have everything look perfect and be perfect. You take your time to get there. Slow and steady. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to go buy all the gear. You know, like, I go back and I look at my earlier stuff, right? And I cringe when I look at it. But I was loving it and I was having a good time with it. And I didn't have every I didn't have all the lights, I didn't have the boom, I didn't have the mic, I didn't have the camera, I didn't have all the extra bells and whistles. Just take your time to get there. Don't be in a rush. Because you want to make sure you love it before you go spend all that money on it. So hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel the same way. Like it's it's a definitely a marathon to, to get there. Cause like when we first started the House of Mario we we said, oh, you yeah, know, it's going to be this. And then, like, 10 episodes later, we're like, oh, we should do this. And you're gradually building on it and you're getting to where you're going. And then, like, every year as well, I, I like, you know, the two or the three weeks off we take, I sort of, like, look and it's like all right, what can we do better this year? And it sort of builds every year from there. So, yeah. Um, I didn't realize it was it was your ex-wife that got you into doing all this.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's nuts because, you know, we just... It, it's, it's so weird. It was so weird that how she pushed me to it because she was like she was doing really well. You know what I mean, like she had like five thousand subscribers on YouTube and like really killing it, you know, and she was growing every day. But she looked at my stuff and even after we, we separated and she saw my content that I was doing, she would message me occasionally and be like, my God, you're editing is so far advanced from when we started. She goes, I can't believe that you're actually editing this stuff. And this is what you're doing. You know, and it's, I, there is something therapeutic about editing. Like when you're, when you're doing YouTube stuff and you're trying to like do something to make your stuff stand out. It's, it's fun, man. It can be a blast when it's working and it's, it's working well. So, but yeah, she just, she just said to me, like, you can talk. You don't have a problem talking. Like in front of cameras and all that stuff. She's like, "I don't see why you don't try it." And I'm like, "All right, we'll give it a shot." Here we are, five years later, yeah. something like that.
0: Yeah, I, I just uh, it's sort of out to me because, like, you've—I I don't want to go, you know, too much into it. I don't want to, don't want to go into anything you don't want to talk about. Yeah, no. Uh, you, di- you, you did say something about like, sort of like, you know, something in, in your relationship that sort of, you know, started the the separation was that. You know, you were putting too much time into your content.
1: Way too much time into my content. That's the thing too. You got to make sure that it, whoever you're working with is okay, or who you're living with is okay with it. Because when we started, yeah. But when I was literally putting my my relationship on a back burner, in my mm. see, the weird thing is this because we didn't communicate. We didn't talk about it. My eyes, I was like, I'm building a future for us. I'm going to bust my butt and then you can come home from work. But I was thinking that I wasn't telling her that. And like, she's sitting there going like, yo man, what's going on over here? And I'm sitting there going like, we're, we're building, we're building something here. This is going to be the future for us. That wasn't the future she wanted. You know what I mean? And, Mm. and I didn't know until it was too late, you know? And it was just, you know, the one thing that she said to me though, when, when, we did finally separate. She had said to me, like, you got to do me a favor. You got to make me a promise. I said, what's that? She's like, you won't stop doing what you're doing. And she's like, "Because I really, truly believe you're going to blow up one day and do something that you really want to do. And she's like, and I would hate to think that I stopped you from that because of breaking up with you. I will say this. Um, I feel like the content that I created when I was married, um, YouTube wise was far better than when I got divorced. And because when, at the time I could totally see where I was starting to build momentum and everything was starting to come together, but because I had drive and I had focus and I had a reason why I was doing it all. It was real. It becomes real easy to step back and go. I don't want to do it today because of this reason or that reason. Although I don't, all nine times out of ten, like I'll come back and I'll record and I'll do what I want to do, or I have to yeah. do. But when you lose that why, it becomes tough at times, and it's sometimes trying to recapture. Um, so, yeah, it 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 definitely killed me a little bit, but. At the same time, like now, I'm refocused. I'm reinvigorated, but it took me a while to see that, you know. So, if I were to do it over again, I probably a would have communicated better with her what my plans were and what did she want, and make sure that she was on board with what I wanted. And then the other thing is, is man, just if you're if you have a girlfriend, you have a wife, man, just be sure to see her through everything. It is be sure to take a step back once a week and go, Hey, this is your day. I'm not going to record. I'm not going to do anything. What do you want to do? And let's go do it because that's probably my biggest mistake of it all. Where if I would have just stepped back and said, what do you want to do today? Let's go do something you want to do, or let's go, go to dinner, or let's go to a movie, or let's go to a park, or let's go do something, and it wasn't happening, you know, it wasn't, it ultimately wasn't happening, and so I, I wholeheartedly blame myself for the relationship spiraling and going out of control, but that's, you know, you live, you learn, you know, and it, it, it is what it is, there's nothing you can do about it.
0: Mm. And, like, I feel like that's really good advice, like, like, you know, know, I, I, I know, I think I know what you felt like just like all right you know I want, I've got these two podcasts I want them to improve this like you're spending time thinking about that executing it you got your Twitch stream YouTube like all of that you know that takes a lot of time out of your week yeah yeah and like when when you're dedicated to like just like I want I you know I want this I want this to be my thing I want this to be successful yeah um you know you do lose sight of that and you take things for granted and um Yeah, like I try to keep that in mind, like, you know, with myself and my girlfriend, like, you know, she's busy, she's, you know, got got her business during the day and we've got the time at night and usually my time at night after work is the time I can record podcasts and can do that type of thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely something to keep in mind. Like for like anyone out there that's, you know, really driven to do this type of thing. Yeah.
1: I think the thing too is is as as crazy as it sounds, or whatever. It's just you gotta stay humbled and you gotta stay focused on the things that are important. When you're looking at things and you're going like, oh man, it would be so good to just be able to do this and not have to listen to somebody want to go do something else that's all well and good in your head, but when you're alone, it's not the best thing. things. You know what I mean? Like you would rather be with somebody than not with somebody. And I think you need to look at that and stay focused to where you are and not really pull back too much from that person. Like, that person is there for a reason. You pick that person for a reason. I mean, look, if 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 everything was to work out and this is all you did, then you would treat it like a 9 to 5. When they went to work, you would work. Yeah. And then when they were home, you'd be home, just like in normal job. What happens is what I don't think people realize is when you're trying to become that and you're trying to build to that, you're working your regular job. Like I work a nine to five job every single day. It's actually seven to five. So I'm working 10 hours a day, working five hours on Saturday. Right. And then trying to do all this in the meantime, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, that's why I say like, if you're not enjoying this, you're not having fun, get away from it. Like if you don't love it, if you don't love the microphone, if you don't love the camera, where you're excited to come back and do it, it's not for you. Or it's time to walk away. And I think yeah. that you have to pay t- As much as it is where you have to pay attention to the details to get there, you have to also pay attention to the details when it's time to walk away. And if you're not yeah. loving it, it's time to walk away.
0: Yeah, and like I I know that like I really enjoy this type of stuff because when I'm at work, I'm thinking about like, what if I got this light and I put it here and I'm thinking about because like, I, I want to start um, doing more stuff on Twitch and I'm thinking like because I, I did it a couple of years ago really enjoyed it yeah. and I had a webcam and just like did the pretty basic setup but like this year I've got like a room where I actually want to like set it up properly to sit down and like do it so I'm thinking like oh what if I get this light put it there what if I get like this uh, soundboard and I can do this and that and like, just like thinking about like what what I can do different or what I can do that just be lots of fun yeah. And like you know, that's just going through my head all the time. I'm like you know, oh, should I get this person on the podcast? Should I uh, do this segment? Like it's just always in your head. And when you get home, you're like, all right, I want to do this. I'm excited. Been thinking about yeah. it all day. Open up the computer, and uh, yeah. But I guess yeah, you've got to sort of um, be considerate of uh, you know other people as well. Exactly. Exactly. In your life, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So apart from like twitch where you like you really enjoy being able to just like you know it gives you like a designated time to be able to play games and like hang out with your friends and that is there is there anything else like you like absolutely love about just making content on twitch
1: um i mean do when you have good nights and people are there and you cuz <clears throat> the way it is for for those who don't know Uh, when you're streaming on Twitch, you have a back end where you're looking at all the numbers and you see your camera, you see what the people see. You have the chat, you see all the different things, but you're like, you can see how many people are there and all that stuff. And I think what's got me excited now is as I'm moving forward, my numbers are slowly starting to increase. Mm -hmm. So when I'm playing a game, and you're like, you're, you're doing the game, you're playing, you're doing your thing. And then you look down at the number and you go, oh, there's five people there. Good, good, good. And yep. you keep playing. <laughs> and then you look back down and you go, holy cow, there's 10 people here. Okay. And then you keep, and then you look down, it's like 18, 19. And it's like, what is happening? You know? And like I just last, uh just last Saturday, I did a birthday stream and we streamed for four hours. Dude, it was, Yeah. oh my God, dude, I had like 30 people there, right? Insanity, the amount of people that showed up. Um, And then at one point, Miss Click raids my stream, brings in 100 people, and like, they're all subbing to me, which in, in the world of Twitch, a sub means they're giving me $5 a month. They're, they're subscribing to my channel. So I'm getting subs and gift subs, which means, like, if you're a subscriber, you can then pay for somebody else and give a gift so they could try it out for a month and be sub to you. And I'm like, what is, I literally had no idea what was going on. It literally brought me to tears because I was just like, this is madness. Like, to see the success. Not only that, when you start to see the same people showing up night after night after night, and excited to stream with you, because they just want to play with you, that's that's when you realize, like, I love this, that's when I go, like, I love this, I love hanging out on Twitch, streaming, and it's totally different animal from YouTube, YouTube is very, it's a rush to get the content out, then you gotta make some stupid clickbait topic to get people to come check out your video. And then yep. nobody comes and checks it out or a bunch of people check it out and they're yelling at you in the comments and you're fighting. And it's like a different battle every single day. And it's like, I'm so tired of that rat race that to do this and just play games and have a good time with friends. It's, it's fantastic, man.
0: Yeah. Like when I'm in your chat, like I'm always seeing the same people, yeah. seeing like Joey splats, yep. uh bland explosion. Like you're seeing like all the same guys and it's like, it is. It is. It's nice from like my point of view too. Like coming in, like seeing like the same people, and um, just being able to like to be familiar and be able to like chat with people. It's really cool. Yeah. Nice sense of uh, community and um, like what you said about the numbers as well. Like you said, like oh, it's good seeing like the numbers go up, but yeah. it also works the the other way too. Like oh, I've got five people. Yeah, it does. I've got yeah, three it people. It's it like- does work the same way. <laughs>
1: but you know what though, it also. If, you, if you're conscious of it and you're watching, it tells you what works and what doesn't work. If you're yeah. if you if you're conscious to it and you're paying attention, if you're doing stuff on camera or on, on the game or whatever, and you're seeing the numbers dipping, they're leaving for a reason. Obviously, you're doing something they're not happy about. Now, don't get me wrong. There's times when people just, they got to go. They got to do stuff. You know what I mean? But... <clears throat> you got to be, and that's where you have to be conscious of like, well, okay, people are, this guy's going to dinner. This guy's got this to do tonight, but at least they yeah. showed up, you know? But like, if you can get people to come out and hang out and stay there for long periods of time, then you go, okay, this is, this is pretty exciting. So yeah, it can work the other way, but it can also help you course correct. Like, Hey man, I must've done something wrong. You know what? I'm not talking enough. Like there, I've had that scene. Like I'm, go in and i'm running my mouth and people are showing up and they're hanging out and they're talking and then i start playing a game and i'm paying attention to the game so much that i realize i'm not talking and i look over and i see my numbers dipping i'm like i gotta get back into this rhythm start talking about something so yeah yeah
0: because you got to think about it like someone like jumping in clicking on your name your stream pops up and it's just like you know you sitting there you're playing say splatoon whatever it is yeah yeah people go Oh yeah, no, he doesn't seem to be talking much, and they go out, go to someone else who yeah. is talking and engaging with the chat. Yeah, so yeah, something to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: Yeah, so with like you do, you do your Twitch, YouTube, and podcasts, and you all sort of you tie it sort of all into one with your Patreon. You do uh, you mean Capri mm-hmm. with uh, Sean Capri, your partner yes. on a Cup of Joe and Nintendo. Yes. Um, so how do you guys sort of approach your Patreon? Like we have a Patreon as well, and. Uh, I guess uh, we sort of approach our Patreon just like trying to give back as much as possible to the people that do enjoy our content, and also obviously try and you know raise some money to be able to like do things like traveling, upgrading gear, yeah. just like, you know, all the boring stuff, pay fees mainly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> SoundCloud or whatever it is, yeah, but, wherever you're at,
1: yeah, um, yeah. For me, I guess the way I approach it is. I mean, dude, I never want to do a Patreon. Never even cared about it. Just like I don't want to do this. I don't. I don't mm. have time for this. I don't want to mess with it. I don't want really to feel obligated to owe people stuff. And people just started coming up or like reaching out to Sean, reaching out to me, and just like, "Hey, man, I want to. I want to help. I want to give you money. How do I help you do or pay for some of the stuff?" And they were like, "Do you have a Patreon?" And I'm like, "No." And then finally, like. One day, we, me and him went to each other, and we're just like, dude, I'm thinking about starting a Patreon, because there's so many people that want to give me money to help pay for a lot of the stuff that I do. Um, What do you... And Sean was like, the same, like, the same, and he was like, do you want to merge? And we're like, yeah, let's just merge together, do something together, and... um. And that's what we did. And and but ultimately, I guess the idea is it's a way to pay respects to some of your most loyal fans. Um, but the one thing I learned, honestly, about Patreon is the people that, that follow me on Patreon are totally different than the people that follow me on Twitch. And they're totally different than the people that follow me on YouTube. They're all different animals and they got to be treated differently across the board. You can't take what you do on Twitch and think it's going to work with the Patreon people. And you can't do what works with the Patreon people and think it's going to work on YouTube. Everything's differently. Everything's handled differently. Um, but the idea is to try to give what you can. Um, the main thing for me is I try not to, I don't like locking stuff behind paywalls. I kind of hate that. Um, so one of the main things was was like, listen, let's let's try not to lock stuff behind paywalls. Like you can, we're, so we kind of pulled away from that. The only thing we do that is locked behind a paywall is Umi Capri, the podcast, and Sean has a podcast as well that he does the Pants Patreon podcast that he does. But those two yeah. things are the one, the two things that are basically locked behind a paywall. But for me, I don't like that because I don't like to feel like I have to give you money in order to find to see what you're doing. So, and I know there's people out there that do, do that, and that's fine. If that's what you believe you want to do and that's how you want to work it, then every, I, that's the beauty of Patreon. Everybody can do it the way they want to do it, and some people are successful with it and some aren't. And some people find success doing something differently than the way I do it. And I find more success than people that do it the other way. And, um, but for me, it's like I just want to be able to give something. So, like giving them the content early access, I like doing that. Um, I feel like that's a good way to pay people back um, for being a loyal supporter. But that's the main thing behind Patreon for me. It's like, how can I do something nice or extra for the people that really love and support us and show up to all the streams and show up to all the podcasts and all that? And how do you do that? And that was the whole aspect behind it. Like, how do we take it a step further to do something nice for people? Because that's my thing. I, I, I don't. I've, I like to try to do stuff for people where I can and help people where I can. Um, I've always kind of been that way since I've been doing content creating. Um, mm. If I can give away something, I'll give it away wherever I can. When I was heavy into collecting Amiibo, when the craze was going, if I saw one that were rare, I'd grab them and then like reach out to the community and be like, hey, man, who needs this? And I never charge people for anything. I always just give it away because that's not my belief. I'm not here to make money off your backs. You know what I mean? Like your support means the world to me. This is the way that I can give you back and show you thank you for that. So I've given away so many Amiibo. I've given away so many eShop cards. I've given away so many Nintendo Online, you know, and and but that's just something that I do, and I, I, it's a way for me to also get up close and personal with some of my what I consider to be friends I don't like the word fans. I don't like any of that stuff. And and I consider the people that support me more like friends and family, you know, yeah, like the people that know me like I'm me when I I'm no different when I turn on the camera to stream on Twitch as I am when you talk to me in a DM on, on Facebook or on Twitter or wherever or when you podcast with me and when whatever. So I feel like I'm the same person across the board always. That's just me. And what you see is what you get. And I think that's what's always been helped me to be successful in all that I do is just try to be genuine. Just try to be the best version of you at all times. Not going to be perfect. You're going to mess up sometimes. You're going to say stuff that you shouldn't say and do stuff you shouldn't do. But at the end of the day, just try to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And I think if you do that, everything
0: else will just fall into line. It's definitely a... Yeah, set up to to be that way with like um, just on on Patreon, like say like a, we we can do like a little bit extra, like what you said about the paywall. I do like I do agree with that, but like since we set up our Patreon, we're sort of like oh, what can we do extra for say like you know the handful of people that have decided to come here and sort of the I guess not the easiest way for that is like you know exclusive content. But at the same time, that is definitely the way where, you know, you get the best bang for your buck. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah.
1: yeah. I agree. I agree.
0: Yeah. And like what, what you're saying about like, you know, being being genuine, like, you know, th- that's what podcasts and listening to podcasts is all about. Like, it, it's funny, like, you know, I've been listening to you on your podcasts, you know, for a couple of years plus now and... You know, I, I feel like you know, I know you pretty well, even though I've only, you know, talked to you in person or not in person, but um, you know, face video, to face yeah. or yeah. screen to screen mm-hmm. um a couple of times now. Like it just if yeah, it's a it gives that more personal connection. So yeah. you gotta remember that. So if you're if you're not being genuine and you know, people don't have anything to any reason to listen to. to exactly. Or,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah. Mm. All right, was there anything else you want to touch on about your content creation before I let you go? Or I think we got I it all. Think it, I think I, we think got I, it think I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll leave it there then, Bobby. Thank, thank you, you very much for coming on thank the you. show.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you very much. It's a lot of fun. Drew, man, thank you for having me, seriously. And it, it's always a good time talking to you. It's an honor to be here. It really, I love the name of the show. I love the show. You guys do a fantastic job with it. Um, just stay away from Seamus Mullins a little bit more in your life and, and everything will be better. He'll be happier for it. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. He,
0: that, that boy drives me nuts, i tell you what. I love Seamus. I'll, I love Seamus. He's a good guy. I'll, so, I'll clip this out and send it to him. See what he's saying about that. <laughs> um, and I, I got through without a cough too. There you go, so man. Good stuff. Don't have to edit that out, thank God. Good. I've had it had it tickling in the back of my throat the whole time. Um <laughs> But now I, when, when we hit hit the stop button, I can cough my guts up. There you go. <laughs> That's a good thing. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 129. Uh, if you enjoy the show, you can help us out by doing some of these things. You can subscribe on your podcast player of choice. You can set The House of Mario to auto-download so you never miss an episode. Uh, I've got a list here which uh, didn't come up. I've got it written down, Bobby, because, you know, I forget these things. It, it um, happens. Y- you can leave an iTunes review. Uh, you can suggest us to uh, your fellow Nintendo nerd friends in person or via, via social media. And you can go and check out patreon.com slash Idruby for the perks and rewards over there. Bobby, where can people find your content? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, at
1: NintendoGurus. find me on YouTube, NintendoGuru and on uh, twitch.tv slash nintendogurus. All right,
0: and you can find all of those links in the show notes below. And uh, Nintendo Jukebox this week is a Fire Emblem Three Houses theme remix via VETROM. And uh, until next week, the doors to the House of Mario are closed.